0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's episode of the Life and Legacy Show. My name's Tim Seckler. I am... Uh, the host of this show, uh, the life and legacy show is sponsored by my law firm, the secular law firm where great families make great plans. And on this show, we talk about all kinds of different things, uh, estate planning, legal elder law matters, trying to help you set up your family with the best possible plan. Um, sometimes we talk legal technical things. sometimes we just talk sort of what 's on the top of my mind with regard to this stuff uh and what I hope you take away from the show is some thoughts some uh some ideas that that you may work with us or someone else um that gives you some good ideas on how to best plan for your family. Uh, a lot of people sort of go through this, uh, this maze of a state administration of state planning, you know, without even a flashlight. And, and my, my job here is to just give you the education that I think you need to make the right decisions. Um, before, uh, before we, we sort of jump into the content, I just want to point out a couple of resources at secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com there. Uh, what you can do is you can reach out to schedule an appointment. You can register for one of our upcoming workshops, which we have uh, pretty frequently. Um, during the workshops, we uh, will answer your questions. We talk about all things estate planning and elder law. I tell you, you know, the differences between wills and trusts, the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. Why people use these documents. And and the way I look at them is not one isn't necessarily better than the other. The the question you should be asking yourself is why are some families deciding to use these documents? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? What tool do we want to use? Because at the end of the day these these documents are all tools. Uh and your job uh, in in this process is to, to do some goal setting to understand what you want to have happen. Uh, in the event life throws you your curveball. And, and then, you know, my job is to write the document that best fits your goals. Um, but how would you know what you need? How would you know what you want without going through some education first? So we do our live workshops. Uh, we are well attended even now when people are somewhat hesitant to get together. We comply with all the guidelines, but we essentially rent a big room, uh, we spread people out greater than six feet. We ask you to wear a mask, uh, wipe down the tables, have hand sanitizer available. We got rid of all the fresh cookies and things that that might seem a little bit questionable in today's day and age. But come on in, uh, check out the workshop. We have them uh, pretty much every other week uh, in uh, a location just off uh, I-79 North in the Cranberry exit called The Well. Really convenient place to find, really uh, big space that that works well for these things. So you can register for the workshops online. If coming in person isn't your thing right now, I would understand, which is why we recorded all of our workshops. Uh, Not quite the same experience, can't ask the questions, don't get the benefit of other people's questions, but you can find pre-recorded workshops at my website. And, And what I encourage people, look, skip one night of television, skip one night of Netflix, watch the estate planning workshop. Because there's really good information there, and it's probably time for you uh, to do some updates. If if we've got your interest here at all, then it probably is time to review the documents and, and maybe do some updates. Which which sort of gets me to what I want to chat about today, and that is you know things change, laws change, your family life changes. I'm recording this just after Thanksgiving, gearing up for the the, the holiday Christmas season. Um, you know, I I was. Uh, visiting with some um some family uh this weekend and and uh came home to my wife having christmas garland and christmas lights all over the house which is which is awesome you know but man it just seems like this this year snuck up on us quick uh we're already past black friday we're already you know sort of into uh, into the holiday mode i have a, a bit of a rule that i i don't start celebrating uh christmas until after Thanksgiving, so there, you know, it's fairly strict. No, no Christmas tree in my house until after Thanksgiving. But now, now we're full bore, and, and here we go. Um, but uh, but in any event, you know, this is a time of the year where you know, most of the time we spend with family. This year, you know, we all just had this virtual Thanksgiving where you visit with people over the screen uh, rather than around the table, and probably going to be the same way for Christmas where. Most families will will forego some of the big get-togethers they normally have, or at least reduce them in scale, and you know. But but it, it is a time where we think about family. We think about what matters. We, you know, you actually take a step, uh, a second to think. You know, what would Dad want for Christmas, and and what does little Johnny's Christmas list have on it? And and it's a time for sharing, and it's a time for giving, and it's a time you know to to really focus on your family and 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 get together and and even if not in person and as i'm sort of thinking about our family situation this year you know it's things change you know my little sister had a baby i've got a sibling moving i've got i've got a uh i've got my kids and and my other nieces and nephews growing up and and You know, we've got uh, family members that are moving. We've got family members that have had new and dangerous diagnoses. We've got new jobs. We've got new, you know, all types of different situations. And, and, you know, this year in particular, COVID has impacted people. and, And we've all had to sort of contemplate our mortality a little bit here. And, you know, any of these life events, any of these things that change from time to time, year to year, are are potentially reasons why you might want to update some documents you know a lot of the times when families come to see us for for estate planning documents it might be when the kids are little and we want to make sure that we've named the guardians correctly we want to make sure that you know I've, i've got these i personally have these three little guys living in my house and you know if i would pass away i've got I, I've got a lot of life insurance to support them and all the rest. But, man, I, I feel like I provide a lot more than just money to these kids. So if I pass away, it, you know, life insurance is a great way to put a money bag on a kitchen table. But what are my kids going to do with a money bag on a kitchen table? And, and you know, we need some more management. We need some more some more guidance. So we need guardians. We talk about underage trusts. And, and so this is a great time. If you've got little kids and you haven't done proper estate planning, You need to. It's not a choice. This is part of the responsibility of parenting. When I say proper estate planning, I'm not talking about the junk you print off the Internet. I'm talking about a really well-coordinated plan that comes with a variety of documents to illustrate that plan. Um, and, And then those documents, which essentially is the infrastructure of how you would want this thing to go if you would get sick or pass away, needs to align with your financial uh, assets, your your retirement account, your life insurance. It doesn't do your kids any good to have a will that names, that creates, say, like an underage trust. It's common in a will, even some of the junk that you print off the Internet. It's common for these documents to have an underage trust built into them. So, so for example, um, you know, my will could say, uh, if anybody under the age of twenty five is is entitled to an inheritance, my executor or my trustee should hold their money in trust used for the little guy's benefit until their twenty fifth birthday right but then you know the purpose of that is to make sure that you've got a competent hand holding the pen to the checkbook in the event that you're not around and, and you want to do it to a certain age. Anymore, it's getting later and later. You know, it used to be 21. Now I think the most common answer is 25, but I'm hearing a lot more 30. And the reason for that is not that the kid can't have access to the money before their 25th or 30th birthday, but they got to talk to somebody about it, right? You wanna You want to buy a new vehicle. Okay, then, you know, you're going to have to go with Uncle John to the car dealership and pick something reasonable. You're not buying a red sports car and then driving it to the beer store to fill it up with beer. That's not what we're doing with this inheritance here. Somebody somebody is going to be making some decisions um, that I trust is consistent with my morals and values. And, and we put these things into, into your will or your, your trust. And your will can say, give my kids their inheritance in a trust with their uncle in control of the money. Great, right? That's good planning. But here's the problem. One of the reasons most estate plans fail is because most of your assets at least your financial assets don't even go through your will they're beneficiary designated you know i've got beneficiaries listed on my life insurance contract well what most people do is they'll have this will that has this great planning in it underage trust and whatnot but then they leave 90 percent of their net worth visa visa vis-a-vis the life insurance the retirement accounts those assets go directly to your kids and they get the money on their 18th or 21st birthday great planning right We've got this great will with an underage trust, but 90% of my money gets to them on their 18th or 21st birthday anyhow. Well, wait a second. What? what why did I have this will? I And, and the answer is, well, look, you, you had a good will. You just had a crappy plan. You know, there's a difference between having a document and having an estate plan. And that that's what sets working with professionals apart is we understand that you need the tool. You need to have a will. But you have to also understand how the thing works correctly Uh, and what do we need to do with your beneficiary designations and how can we make sure that this whole thing is comprehensive and and works well. Uh, And, you know, that's, that's typical planning scenarios for young families and things that we're talking to them about. You know, maybe you want to have a separate person as the child's guardian then is the trustee of the trust so you got two people looking over it maybe you want to do some planning in the event that you're the first spouse to go that your spouse's new spouse a couple of years down the road can't impact your kids access to money that's a different issue right but but these are the things that you'll learn if you take our estate planning uh workshop videos off the website look i encourage you to do it it's free education i think it's pretty good stuff and and we'll flat out teach you um, some of the things you need to know. So th- those are some of the things as I look around. You know our virtual Thanksgiving table. Um, you know what are what are some different issues that that I see popping up in our family? Now you know the other thing is, the next time people come to see us for estate planning, is once the kids are adults, right? So so at some point in time you do this underage planning for your kids, but then those kids are no longer kids and they have kids, right? Uh, I can't tell you how many times I have a uh, a family come through and I'm reviewing their old document and the document has some underage planning in it, great, except that the, the underage planning lasts till age 25 and the kids are now 40, right, because the family hasn't updated their estate plan in 20, 25 years. And so now we've got a different fact pattern, we've got kids, we've got kids that are married, we've got kids that are married that may get divorced, we've got kids. That have kids. What what happens if, if my grandchildren now get money? And I need to now name somebody else in control of this thing. And, you know, once your kids hit a certain age, they become your surrogate decision makers. So it used to be we had to plan for decision making for our kids. Now we need to plan for decision making for us, and we're naming our kids to be those decision makers. So you know, times change, and and you know, for me, this year has gone so fast. You know, we're we're decorating the house for Christmas, as I mentioned, but man, does it feel like I just took this stuff down? It, it you know, there was a there's a place we live in in Butler County, and there's a place where you drive through and see all the Christmas lights up here, and I I could swear that we were there last month. That that's what it feels like, anyhow. Uh, and the kids love it, and we'll go again. But it just uh, it uh, twenty twenty has been in in some ways the longest year ever, and in some ways just seems to have been just a blink of the eye. And uh, and here we are with with the holiday season again. So you know times to update your estate plan. I guess what I've been chatting about so far: new births, new marriages, new divorces, um, shifting uh, situations. Your kids are now adults. Your kids need to become decision makers. If you've got had deaths in the family. If you've lost a spouse, well, we probably need to update your estate planning document. If we've been, if you've been through a divorce, we need to update your estate plan. If a family member has become disabled, we need to update your estate plan. Um, and so probably time to sit down and, and have a professional review of the documents. If you'd like to find more, go to secularlawfirm.com. Uh, come to one of our our, our live workshops uh, you know it it's uh it's good information it's helpful information or you can check out the same uh materials presented in a video format on our website you can register for the workshop there and and we'll get you the same information um now I want to transition what we're chatting about here a little bit to to something that I like to sort of talk about a lot on this show uh and that is long-term uh care asset protection right so You know, according to the Alzheimer's Association, one in three of us is going to have dementia. And according to the state of Pennsylvania, nursing homes cost about one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. And you couple those two facts together, and it just seems like, boy, you know, all right. So there is a significant risk I get sick and need long-term care, and the cost of that care is financially devastating to a lot of families. And and so we probably should be learning our options about how how does one protect himself from this issue. If I end up in a nursing home, how can my family, how can I make sure my wife is okay? How can I make sure my wife has a home to live in and some money in the bank? Because I can tell you the state's rules are pretty harsh. Uh, they require you to go broke. They require your spouse to not have much money. If you just follow what the first glance of the state's rule book says then you're you're going to plan on going through a heck of a lot of money and it just happened three times in my office in the last couple of weeks we've had three different families come in that did not have a plan um you know just like everybody else they didn't want to talk about this stuff they didn't want to think about this stuff and now they're coming to our office and we're doing what we call medicaid crisis planning which is where You know, we we can break these cases down into two cases. We can pre-plan, plan plan ahead to protect assets, or we can deal with the financial crisis later. Um, I much prefer doing the pre-planning because in doing pre-planning, you're planning ahead to get the care on your terms and conditions without going broke, right? When if you don't do the pre-planning, then you're... Taking the state's rules by default. You're just saying, well, I'm not going to plan for this. If it happens, you know, what can be so bad? Well, I can tell you it can be pretty bad. Uh, and when we get involved in those cases, then we call it a crisis because $130,000 a year, 11 grand a month is a financial crisis for most families. Uh, and so now we've got three different families that came in here this week. If I could go the rest of my career without hearing the words, I wish we would have met you earlier. That'd be fantastic because it would mean that families are, are actually talking about this stuff and thinking about this stuff. But here we are working with families and we're attempting to save tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars from this broken healthcare system that we have. Uh, and, and all I can think in the back of my head is, man, I wish I would have met them five or six years ago. Because I could have done a heck of a lot better than than what we're going to do now. Now we do good work now, but our our options are more limited, right? When when we're doing the crisis management situation. I got to play by the government's rules and the government's rules are pretty restrictive as to what you're allowed to do. Now there are good planning opportunities in single cases. We can usually help protect some, some, some real money, sometimes 50, 60% of your net worth, depending on the facts, sometimes more in rare situations when the facts really work out. Um, In a married case, if, if a husband goes into the nursing home and wife is in the community uh, and we're talking about skilled nursing here, It's possible to save a heck of a lot of money and and sometimes families just fail to take advantage of this because, you know, you've got a spouse in the nursing home or you got your dad in the nursing home and the billing office wants to know how they're going to get paid. And you read some stuff on the Internet about Medicaid and their five year look back period. And then you talk to a Medicaid caseworker who says, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. And, and you know, there's all this information coming at you, and it's it's information in sort of this, this um, situation that you've never really wanted to think about. You've never done any homework on it. You've never really thought the thing through. And now you're going through this deluge of information that's completely overwhelming, you know, and, and families just freeze. They just don't do anything. They get out the checkbook and write the nursing home a check without ever stopping to ask, do I have to do this? Is there another way that that we could protect this money? Um, and and the answer is yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, there's lots of ways, um, but you need to be working with an attorney that knows how to do this stuff. And um, the 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 case is usually is that we can do a heck of a lot to uh, to help you. Uh, even if you already have a loved one in a nursing home. Now, uh, I want to take a second and talk about how we would do that. Well, if dad's in the nursing home, how are we going to protect his stuff? Well, hopefully dad has a power of attorney document that allows me to then deal with the kids assuming dad doesn't have capacity if dad has capacity of course we're going to deal with dad directly but if he doesn't then we need to have a power of attorney uh, and we're dealing with usually the spouse or the adult child who's been named as the agent under the power of attorney document and then the next thing is what does this document actually say what are we allowed to do here you know because the way a a power of attorney reads is first it names who's going to be the healthcare decision-maker and then the second is what are they allowed to do right Um, and one of the things you know I was talking at the beginning of the show about how things change family situation changes life changes Well, so do the laws and if it's been a long time since you've done a power of attorney the law changed about five years ago to where we now have these these what we call hot powers so if you haven't had a power of attorney document prepared in the last couple of years you probably ought to consider getting that done because at least having it reviewed because the laws did change and they created these things that we used to, we planners used to assume was, uh, you know, would be okay language. And then the state put out these rules and, and it was a great law. There's a lot of talented lawyers working on it to to sort of end confusion on certain matters. Um, and so they, they standardized it a little bit. But one of the things that is really important when I'm dealing with a family with somebody in the nursing home And we're trying to protect that person's money what are we actually allowed to do what are the you know what are we allowed to create trust are we allowed to move money are we allowed to are we allowed to do gifting are we allowed to restructure finances are we allowed to do with annuities and insurance products like what does the document actually allow us to do Um, and so some power of attorney documents are drafted from the standpoint of, well, if I get sick, you know, my, my kids can help me with my bills and can help, you know, keep the lights on and go to the bank and write checks and, and whatever. Um, and, but they don't have enough legal muscle to help protect assets if we need to shift it around. Uh, and so, um, a well drafted power of attorney that if you haven't had it updated in a couple of years, you're probably going to want to, um, will have, in my opinion, you know, you need to seek your own attorney, I suppose, but we need to have some strong gifting language in there to be able to move money around if that's consistent with what you want, because if you would prefer your kids to get the money than the long-term care system, you need to say as much in your power of attorney document. That was one of the things that the law clarified in 2015 is that if you're going to authorize gifting, if you're going to authorize the moving around of money, you need to be real specific with with what that means otherwise you get stuck with the default uh rule in Pennsylvania which means we can only give away $15,000 uh to your family members and if you know that isn't very helpful if we need to move your $200,000 home to your kids to be able to protect it from the nursing home. Uh and so I want to see I want to see your power of attorney documents I'll review them for you that's part of the free initial consultation that we do for our clients. You can find out more about that after you've either attended the workshop or checked out the videos on our, uh, on our website, there's, uh, there's a workshop on there for younger families, uh, and then there's the Advanced Estate Planning and Asset Protection Workshop where we really dive into uh, how to protect assets from long-term care expenses and, and how you can protect your family, your spouse, your kids, and your savings uh, from uh, these issues. Speaking of law changes, The other one, um, and there's a full episode. If you check out uh, this show, The Life and Legacy Show, on your phone, on the podcast, um, which you can find on Spotify or Apple. Um, I did an episode uh, months ago on the SECURE Act, which is the biggest change in the estate planning world uh, in years, years, maybe decades. And it was the largest tax hike on the middle class um, that uh, that has occurred at least in my career in probably 20, 30, 40 years, um, and you don't even know it happened. Most listeners that are hearing about this thing don't even know that the government just placed a giant tax hike on you and your kids if you have retirement accounts. So if you've got an IRA or a 401K or a 403B or some of these qualified funds, Um, it used to be the case that when you passed away, your kids could take the money and your retirement account would essentially become their retirement account. Um, and not anymore, not so much anymore. Now, well, and and, then when you had that as a retirement account, they could take the money and, and save it and allow it to continue to be invested until their retirement. That's not how it works anymore. Now, all of your IRA funds need to leave that account within 10 years of your passing away. Right. So where your kids used to be able to hang on to the money until their retirement age. uh, Now all the money has to come out with the first within the first 10 years, which means in a lot of families, you just lost a couple of decades of tax deferred growth. Second, when your kids pull the money out now over 10 years, all of that money is going to be ordinary income taxable and your kids are probably still working, which means we just bumped them up into a super high tax bracket. Uh, and, and they're going to get smoked. So, um, you know, if you want to learn more about that, either check out the old SECURE Act um, podcast that we did some time ago, or, you know, I've sort of done a sampling of a couple of different issues. We did some issues on young family planning. We did some issues on the power of attorney and, and talking about asset protection from the nursing home. And now uh, I've chatted just for a minute or two about the SECURE Act. And what I'm trying to do with this this episode this week is just give you a, a sampling of a couple of different reasons why if you have not updated your estate plan for a while, it's time, right? Because your family has changed, because the laws have changed. And the old documents that you have from when the kids were little probably don't cut it anymore. And if you've never had an estate plan completed, you certainly need to do it because I can tell you the state's rule book the way this thing will work out for you and your family without a plan is not the way most families want it to go. So give us a shout. Check us out online at secularlawfirm.com. What we'll do is we'll get you some education. We'll sit down with you. We'll do some goal setting. We'll say, you know, considering what you've told us, you should consider option A. You should consider option B. Uh, Then you make some decisions. At that point, we have the information to prepare some great estate planning documents, and you can sleep well at night knowing you've planned well for your family. Um, Remember, folks, the Life and Legacy Show is sponsored by the Secular Law Firm. I talk on the show about legal and technical issues. However, you should not use this show as legal advice, this is for your education. Your specific family's legal problem needs its own specific legal solution, and you should hire a lawyer. My firm is available 24-7 at secularlawfirm.com, or you can always give us a call at 724-841-1393, and we'll get you the great education either in a workshop or in a video so that we can sit down and we can really have a meaningful conversation about your family and your goals. I look forward to helping you. I look forward to meeting you. And I look forward to uh, you listening here again, same time next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.